December 6, 2022. This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are dedicated in honor of Jared and Nanette Feldman on the birth of their new grandson, Tamarcia and Joe Gamal. Uh, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin on Amud Bet. If you count from the bottom upward, it's 14 lines up, just a few words before the end of the line where the Gemara says, Kohen Sheshimesh Betum'ah. The Gemara is dealing with uh, the latter part of our Mishnah, where the Mishnah talked about situations where if a person did something wrongfully, well, uh, we as a community, or they as the Kohen community, were to kill that person. So if a Kohen was involved in his Avodah Bamikdash, his Tashmish Bamikdash, he was impure as he was doing so, the Mishnah says instead of and in place of, the Torah never told us that we're able to put such a person to death. What, the, what is done is the pirhe kehuna, the younger uh, men uh, with regards to the kehuna, uh, they would be motzi'inoto azara, that person who was involved with tum'ah, he did the wrong thing, and then they would uh, take sticks and they would effectively beat in his head, they'd kill the person. They were involved with little tasks with regards to making certain that the upkeep was, uh, was being uh, done properly. They weren't doing an actual Abu Dhabi Mikdash. They were doing things like this. Um, anyway, says the Gemara, uh, with regards to this, the Gemara's question will be at the very onset, Ba'a mine ravacha barhuna merav sheshat, Kohen shishimesh betumah, that's the case of our Mishnah. We know what's done to such an individual. All right, let's take a step back. That's with regards to what we do. The question, however, is hayav mita bide shamayim or en hayav mita bide shamayim. Is there a hayuv mita, is there a liability of death in the heavens, from the heavens, or not? Which means to say, although we understand that we, as the pirhe will treat such a person severely, will bring forth their death, in a non-Betin atmosphere. It's not one of the Al-Bamitot Betin. The Torah never prescribes that. The Torah only makes clear in Parashat Emor. It just mentions uh, a prohibition. You're not allowed to bring forth Hilul, profaning the Mikdash with your Avodah Kohanim. doesn't mention the punishment. As a result, we know we don't do anything in a formal sense. But what about Minhat Torah? What about Kivyachol in the world of Akadosh Baruch Hu? Is he treating this person severely? What does it mean, Mitabi Deshamayim? What's the difference between Mitabi Deshamayim and Karet? As I've mentioned on more than one occasion, we're not fully certain. The Gemara Masechet Ma'id Katan at the end of Kafhe talks about it. There's a well known Mahlokit with regards to distinguishing between Karet and Mitabi Deshamayim between Rashi and Riva, Ba'aleha Tosafot. In short, we're not fully certain how it plays out. We do accept, though, the Torah tells us, karet, the Torah is clear to us in circumstances uh, that the person dies, ariri, something having to do with the death or premature death of their children. We do understand the distinction between mitabi deshamayim and karet, but the specifics and particulars, generally speaking, we don't have clear. So anyway, says the Gemara over here, does a person in such a circumstance get mitabi deshamayim, if it's a kohen shishimesh, the response here of Rav Sheshat, who asked this question, he says, He says, we have an explicit Mishnah which would uh, elucidate your issue. 
כהן ששימש בטומאה, אין אחד הכהנים מביאים אותו לבית דין. Those are the words in our Mishnah. If a Kohen was Mishamesh B'Tumah, if a Kohen did the service, did the Avodah, the worship of the Mikdash, B'Tumah, the Kohanim, his brethren, don't bring him to Betin, Ela, Pirche Keunah, rather those young lads amongst the Kohanim, Motsi'in Oto Chutz La'Azara, they take him outside of the Azara area in order to avoid uh, exposure of Tumah to the Azara, Upotsi'in Et Moho B'Gizrin, and then they crack open or they smash his head with uh, sticks. And continues Rav Sheshat after quoting from the Mishnah. And if you were to think, If you think that the liability, the punishment is death from heaven, let's leave him in order for him to die by the hands of God. If God's promising that he's going to bring forth whatever the death penalty is to this person, so what are we getting involved with? Rav Sheshat's uh, succinct and clear answer is, there's no mitah bideshamayim. What's the proof that there's no mitah bideshamayim in Kohen Sheshimesh Betumah? If there were, why not just let God do his thing? What uh, possessed us as the kihuna, as Am Yisrael, to get involved? You're not allowed to. There's nothing to do in Beit Din. The Torah just says, At most, you're going to give him Malkot. Also, you have to argue like Rashi told us on our Mishnah. This is all Halachal Moshe Misinai business. There's no green light. The Torah explicitly never gives us green light. It's not like the guy's in the act doing something. Well, the question is, does he need to be in the act? Is it uh, in Morin? You know, all those sorts of questions apply uh, specifically, the Gemara said it, by Bo'il Aramit. Do they apply as well to these? Maybe it is well in the act. What's that? Take him out. He's in the middle of the act. Grab him out and kill him then. You know, not fully clear, but you know, again, you have to work with, in my understanding of it, the way Rashi said on the Mishnah, tradition. What's that? How do we know that he's... You know, you saw him in the cemetery yesterday. You know, I, was, you know, I don't think that's so difficult to determine. Says the Gemara, Elamai, rather, we turn back to Rav Shesha and we say, okay, so what are you suggesting? Hayav, you're suggesting... He's, uh, excuse me, no hayav, you're suggesting no hayav, he's not hayav mitab because if he were, we wouldn't be doing this? Wait a second, are you telling me before you get too excited, um, uh, uh, Judah, as the Gemara has a statement over here along your lines, says the Gemara, wait a second, so he's not hayav mitab so the Torah is not clear, we don't have knowledge that God actually treats him severely, and your tamiikamide, is there a matter, is there a thing that the Torah Rahmana, the Rahamim of Torah, Patre, says he's patur, ve'anan, but us as human beings, nekum viniktole, will get up and kill him? That's inconceivable. In other words, Rav Sheshat, your claim is that it's not karet, or excuse me, it's not mitabide shaman. Why is that your claim? Because otherwise we wouldn't be acting this way, we'd leave it to God. I have a counter-argument to you, Rav Sheshat. If it's not mitabide shaman, so then how could we be involved in doing this? Of course, my initial answer is halachal Moshe misinai. Maybe that's when all the dust settles, that's the final answer. Uh, but that's the, uh, that's the counter-claim. So Rav Sheshat, we can't accept, we have a counter-logical claim to you. You claimed that it must be, there is no mitabidesham. How are we putting him to death? Says the Gemara, velo? One second. Didn't we learn this Mishnah together? Aren't we aware that there might be other cases where there is no mitabidesham 
and nonetheless we're killing him. Says the Gemara Hatena, didn't we have in the Mishnah Mishalakavishana Betin Machnisino Tolehipa Le Kipa Rahmana Patreva Anan Katlinan Le didn't you have in the Mishnah the case where a person uh, sinned, he got lashes, he sinned again, he got lashes, he sinned again, and then you're Machnisino Tolekipa, we spent some time on that. You enter him into the confined area. It's not direct, but you are ultimately speaking killing him. It is Anan Nekum but we have a different answer to that. The Gemara already answered that question. The Gemara at the very onset, if you recall, asked that question. The Gemara said, wait a second, because he's a sinner a few times, we're putting him to death, even indirectly? And the Gemara told us, The Gemara did, in fact, answer for us. The only reason, and specifically in the circumstance where he did sin, where he's liable for karet, and again, and again, that's when we're putting him into the kippah. But we wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, that's right. The only... That's what the Gemara right now is suggesting. Again, that's the deliberation. The Gemara is uncertain. Is a kohen sheshimesh betumah hayav karet or not? The initial response of Rav Sheshat is not. Why is he not? Because uh, if he was, we would just let HaKadosh Baruch Hu do it. The counterclaim is, wait a second, if there's no karet, who said we're able to do this? The response of Rav Sheshaz, wait a second, I have other cases where he's not Hayav Karet, and he's none of the response to that is, no, he's Hayav Karet in those circumstances as well. The Gemara says that in response to this, that even over there where it's Shana, Velaka, Shana, Velaka, and so forth, that's a case of uh, Karet as well. Um, we're just going to go further in reviewing some Gemara we saw already. It's a good Hazara in the Gemara. V'hakonev hakasva. Uh, don't you have the case of, in the Mishnah, he stole that kasva. Not fully clear what he did wrong over there, but he stole something. If you recall, that was in the Mishnah. We enter him into the confined area and we lead to his death. Well, there's no karet over there. And nonetheless, we're putting him to death. Says Rav Sheshat, you see, that's what I told you. There's no karet. Ha'amar Rav Yehuda b'klesharet askinan v'ramiza lo yavo ulerot kebala eta kodesh v'ametu. The Gemara says, but we already dealt with that. We explained that it was talking about klesharet, about utensils which are used in the service and worship in the Mikdash, and as a result, we had a remez in the pasuk kebala eta kodesh v'ametu v'lo yirun. You're not supposed to see as it's swallowed, meaning stolen. If you do, you get killed. It means that the Torah alludes to the fact there is mitabideshamayim. And the Mishnah had furthermore circumstance where you're cursing the sorcerers. There mitabideshamayim over there. Cursing a sorcerer? I don't even know exactly what cursing a sorcerer means, but there's no mitabideshamayim, is there? And nonetheless, the Mishnah told us we put them to death. Says Rav Sheshat, you see, I told you, even when there's no mitabideshamayim prescribed by the Torah, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we nonetheless will, yes, we'll go ahead and kill him. And as a result, he pushes it back to our case. Kohen shishimesh betumah, there's no chiyuv mitabideshamayim. Nonetheless, pircheko na potrinet moho. Hatane Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef already taught us the explanation to the Kosem case. If you recall, the case was, he's not only cursing the sorcerer, he's cursing as well the source of the sorcerer. Who's the source? S-O-U-R-C-E. The source of the sorcerer, S-O-R-C-E. What's the source for that? Of course, so it sounds in his wording as if he's not only, blas- he's not only cursing a person, he's blaspheming, he's cursing HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. Cases that they're trying to bring up, uh, other 
cases that have a similar outcome with this. We're trying to find analogs, analogous cases, to where there's no mitabideshamayim, but we're killing. And they're disproving each one by what we learned already. And each one of them, we said, no, there is a mitabideshamayim. Oh, there's a mitabideshamayim. There's a Right, and so as a result, you can't settle your point. Uh, so Rav Sheshat and the counterclaim are both strong right now. We still don't know if Mitabideh Shamaim or not in Koyen Shemesh, because every one of these examples didn't work. Last one, it's a terrible thing. You shouldn't have relations with anyone who's not your wife. But if you had relations with an Andrew, Zimri, Kosbi, Pinehas, killing the two of them? That was Mitabi Deshamayim? Where does it say that in the Torah? The Torah never says that. It says, what's that? In public. Where does the Torah say you got put to death? Hilu Hashem is terrible, but who said you got put to death? Says the Gemara, you forgot this? No, not really. Says the Gemara, you forgot this as well. Ha'akaryuha l'rav kahana b'chalmev v'adkere rav If you recall, at the top of the pebet amud alef, we had rav forgot the halacha in this situation, where if a person, if the pinehas wasn't there to kill Zimri, what would be? Rav kahana had the dream of the pasuk from Malachi, which taught... That mot yumat, or the specific lashon in the pasuk was, you get put to death by God, of course. It's not by human beings, but it means there's a mitabi de shamayim there as well, which means to say the Gemara has no settling line over here. We're still up in the air. Is a kohen shishimesh betumah hayav mitabi de shamayim or not? I have two sevarot. On the one hand, I could argue, well, if it's hayav mitabi de shamayim, we wouldn't do anything. On the other hand, I could counter-argue, we shouldn't be doing anything unless there is a mitabi de shamayim. Says the Gemara, etive. Etive means we're asking a question from elsewhere, we're asking a question from the following Beraita. It's a Beraita which is cited in Masechet Zevachim. It's going to deal with the halachot, primarily of Menachot. Now, it's a question on Rav Sheshat. Rav Sheshat was claiming there's no Bintabideshamayim. Kohen Sheshimesh Betumah. If the Kohen does his worship, his service in the Mikdash, while he's impure, he doesn't get death by hands of heaven. Uh, so we have a counter argument, or we have a, a proof against him from the following Beraita. Again, korban mincha is the following. It's instead of an animal or a bird even, it's a, like a loaf of bread or something that's a matzah-like in quality or, or lafa-like in quality. And that's what you're dealing with. There are many laws with regards to korban mincha. There's an entire large masechet of mishnayot and gemara called masechet menachot. Uh, we refer to the afternoon prayer as mincha when it was not a korban mincha at all. But the word mincha really means to bring us a present. That's what Cain and Hevel brought. The first reference to to a certain extent, a sacrifice is a minha. Anyway, here's what some of the details with regards to minha. We'll briefly talk about what they are, and then uh, for more important, to pay attention to the context. Hayosek. Yosek is the stage in uh, Korban Minha, one of the early stages, when you pour, um, you immerse the, the um, what's it called, the flour in, in oil. So you're yosek, you're, 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 you're drenching it or you're putting oil on top of it. Habolel, bolel is when you then mix the oil into it. Again, this is in the stages of building and, and, and baking, if it's going to be a baked minha, uh, putting together the actual uh, raw product, which in turn is going to be eaten a little and sacrificed uh, separately. The potet, potet is when you're breaking it up, you're crumbling it, you're going to crumble it into specific pieces. It's another part of the avodah. Hamoleach, moleach is when you're going to then uh, apply specific salt at another stage afterwards. Hamenif, 
Menif is when you do tinufa. This is when you would raise it over your head and raise it up and down and to the sides. That's part of the process, part of the worship and service of Korban Mincha as well. Hamagish. Magish is when you're bringing it forward. You have to bring it forward at a particular stage afterwards in order to, you, you would separate from it the Kormit and the Kormit, which is a specific part you take off, you then burn and you do. Now we take a break in the Seder HaMinachot and we talk about some other things. That's with regards to those loaves of bread which were constant, the lechem ha-panim in the Mikdash, in the Mishkan, in the Mikdash, uh, setting it up. That was an avodah as well. We haven't mentioned anything other than the names of these procedures, right? We'll deal with details in a second. Hametiv tanerot Metiv Hatavatanerot means that you're cleaning them out. And nerot, of course, is a reference to the menorah. You'd have to clean out the wicks and the, uh, the sediments of oil that's left over. That's hatavatanerot. The hakometz, kometz is what I mentioned to you a moment ago, is when a portion of the korban minhav, that loaf which is made, is kind of chopped off with the fingers of the queen. That's the part which is ultimately speaking, after a little bit more is done to it, going to be burnt. Kivyachol sacrificing to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Vehamekabel damim outside of korban mincha back into actual sacrifices when you, or sacrifices of animals where you slaughter the animal and you receive the blood, which of course is then going to be sprinkled in one respect or another. If any of these things, a long list, laundry list of uh, of avodot shebamikdash were done bahutz, they're done outside of the mikdash. Uh, what's the halacha? Now, of course, they all need to be done in the mikdash. We want to know what's the punishment if they're done outside of the mikdash, says the beraita patur. Patur means you're not liable. Ve'en hayavin alehen lo mishum zarut, ve'lo mishum tumah, ve'lo mishum lechutzar begadim, ve'lo mishum... Okay, period, let's stop for a second. Ve'lo mishum lechutz yadayim v'raglayim. Okay, let's pause for a second on all these. First and foremost, the statement is patur. Patur means you're not hayav karet. Well, let's take a look at Rashi at the very bottom of the page on the pebet amudbet. You look two lines from the bottom. It says Rashi, patur de lo hayav karet ela. The only times we're in, the Torah tells us if you did any of these things in, well, let's look at the first thing, uh, for example, bahutz outside of the mikdash, is in the following situation, shohet, the slaughtering. How do you know? Dichtiv, there's an explicit pasuk. Right, so the pasuk is explicit. You slaughtered outside of the mikdash, karet, you get put to death by heaven. Umma'ale, ma'ale means when you're actually bringing it, when you're actually putting it on the mikdash, dikhtiva she'ya'ale ola. Vizorek, and lastly, when you sprinkle the blood, the third of those, the itrabe, it's included in the Gemara elsewhere, midam shafach, vekol hane, tiyesha harea avodah, and any of the procedures that have which means it's only part of the procedure, it's not the final stage of the procedure, anything of that sort, the Gemara and Masechet Zvachim and Kovtet has a derasha that you're not liable to cut it, which means to say, here's our principle, unless it's Shechita, Ha'ala'a, or Zerika, or the final stage, you're not hayav karet, all right? If it's all done outside of the mikdash, it really has no bearing on us right now because we're not really talking about that. We're not talking about chutz mikdash. Okay, but that's the beraita statement. So we got some of the technicalities. We got a whole list of things that are done as part of the procedure, not the final stage of the procedure. They're not some of 
what, what Eli calls the key stages, what the Derashot and the Pesukim tell us are integral in some respect. As a result, first and foremost, patur uh, if you did it hotz mikdash. Furthermore, then hayavin lo mishum zarut, the top of daf pegimalamudalif. And furthermore, if a zar, a zar literally means a stranger. For our purposes, it means a non kohen. If a non kohen does it, you're not hayav karet either. Rashi cites a derasha elsewhere in the Gemara and Masechet Yoma with regards to how we derive this. Velomishum tumah. Oh, that's going to be our most important case, of course. Velomishum tumah. It means, and you're furthermore not going to be liable to mitabi de shamaim karet, either one, if you did it betumah, if the Kohen did any of these stages while he was impure. Who said? Well, Rashi quotes from a Gemara and Masechet Zevachim and Daftetvav with regards to how this is derived. Now, the technicalities are not relevant to our Gemara right now. The next, again, that's the underline. The underline is under the words, but furthermore, means if the Kohen was wearing any less than the four garments that he's supposed to wear as a Kohen. Kohen Gadol has eight garments. The Kohen Hedyot, regular Kohen, anyone but the Kohen Gadol, has four. If he's... He's any of these things, he's not liable to cut to Metabedeshaman. That's right. So, something about that is very important to us because keep in mind that's really what we're talking about. Okay, if he did it not in the appropriate way, not that he's impure, but he's not wearing the appropriate clothing. Again, each of these are derashot. Rashi quoted that one from Zevachim Daf Yodzain. Now, and furthermore, uh, the halacha is that the Kohen needs to wash his hands and, and feet before the Avodah. What if he didn't do so? As well, in that circumstance, the halacha is he's not hayav karet for any of these actions. Okay. So as the Gemara, let's pause for a second. Let's pay attention to what we had over here. We had a whole list of things which, if were, they were done in one of these wrongful ways, there's no hayav karet, says the Gemara. But wait a second. Ha maktir. Maktir means when you actually burnt. That's the final stage. And Ahare Avodah, what comes after burning? Not much at all. In such a circumstance, we can deduce Hayav. You'd be Hayav Karet. You'd be Hayav Why is that a deduction? Very simple. The Beraita just gave us a long list. I said, gentlemen, here's the list if they were done. Now we're just going to zone in on one of the details. Betumah. The following actions, if you did them betumah, you're not Hayav Mitabideshamayim. A, B, C, D, E, F, J. All right, but you're telling me that if I did the number Z, excuse me, the letter Z, in such a circumstance, I am Hayav Mitabideshamayim. I'll pause for a second. You told us, Rav Sheshat, Kohen Sheshimesh Betumah, which was all inclusive, any of the Avodah, not Hayav Mitabideh Shamaim. Over here, this Beraita would seemingly teach us that it's not so my love Mitah. We're not talking about when we talk about Patur. What's that? Really? And when the Mishnah is talking, when, when, when they asked Rav Sheshat, I mean, yeah, keep in mind, it was not even on the Mishnah. It's Ba'amine Merav Sheshat. So Rav Sheshat, I mean, he could say that, but it seems as if he's having a conversation and they're talking about everything. So he, he could say, oh, I meant except for that, but he didn't mean it, it appears. I mean, from yeah, the fact that he doesn't. 
That kanaim pogeim bo is when me and you and anyone else, if we were zela, maybe you not me, you know, if we were zela, that we could kill him biadam. Now we're talking about the other side of the coin. The other side of the coin is, let's say you and I didn't do it. What does HaKadosh Baruch do to such a person? So he's saying it's theoretical and hypothetical, it's true. Sometimes the severity of circumstances are significant to impress upon us there, you know, how important they are. So I talk about in an abstract sense, God's going to kill you. Oh, okay, I realize this is something very important. It's not practical, you and I are not killing him, uh, we didn't do it. What happens to him now? But, but it's, it's only in that instance where, where they're kind of even, if he's doing it in front of them, they kill him. So obviously there is no, there is no intimidation on I mean, means by the hands of heaven. Kanaim means me and you. So if there were Kanaim, me and you, if we were Kanaim, we kill him. What if we weren't there? What if we weren't charged in that moment? Nothing happens to the guy? He just gets lashes? Even from the Kanaim example, we don't What I'm telling you is they're all Kanaim examples. The Mishnah was talking about Kanaim examples. This is a Kanaim example. This is a case where the Kohanim, the young Kohanim, grab him, bring him out, beat him up, and beat him to death. That's Kanaim Pogimbo, effectively. I mean, it's a different version of it. But what happens if they didn't do it? The same goes, now all the others we knew the answer to. Abu'il uh, Aramit, the Gemara gave us the answer at the top of Dafpebet Amudal. Gonevet Kasva, we had a Derasha, and so forth. This one, we don't have an answer to it. That's that's the question in the Gemara. That is the question. That's the question. Rav Sheshat is arguing quite the opposite. Rav Sheshat is saying, if you had me tabi deshamayim, there's no kanayim pogimo. That's what he seems to be saying. The Gemara kills, not kills him, but, you know, really asks a lot of questions. What about all those other cases? But he's standing his ground, ostensibly. The Gemara is in the middle of this question. Says the Gemara, my love, mita. Are we not talking about, when we talk about Hayav and Patur in that Beraita, about all these Avodot, in contrast, all those Avodot are Patur. I kept saying, for good reason, Mitabideshaman, Patur doesn't get Mitabideshaman. That's not what it means. It means that the final stage, the Z, uh, meaning the Haktara, or whatever the final stage is, and whatever you're dealing with, you would be Hayav, answers the Gemara, Lo Be'azara. No. We just mean that all of those are not liable to a Mitzvah, Lo Ta'aseh, Azhara. Meaning, and uh, with the uh, consequence of lashes, only one that is is shechita and ha'ala and zirika and haktara. That's it. Um, we weren't talking about mitabed shemaim. That's how Rav Sheshat could answer. Elazar name laazhara. Wait, are you telling me as well? Keep in mind, it wasn't only talking about betumah in this beraita. This beraita said, if he did a betumah, if a czar, a non-kohen did it, if it's mechusar begadim and so forth. Wait a second. Let's just stop for a second and pay attention. What does the Torah explicitly talk about in the context of a non-kohen doing avodah? The haketif doesn't the pasuk say vehazar hakarev yumat? The pasuk says by czar. By a non-Kohen, if he does the Avodah, and of course we're going to say specific parts of the Avodah, but if he does it, he gets put to death. That's what it means, he gets put to death. I understand that, I can accept that. But it means as a result as well, when we were talking about Tum'ah, when we talked about Patur, we meant from Mitabi Deshamayim. When we talk about the other Avodot, we're talking about Mitabi Deshamayim. And it means as a result, Rav Sheshat, we are disproving your claim. Your claim was, Zar, excuse me, Kohen Sheshimesh Betumah, there's no Mitabi Deshamayim. I can sufficiently argue it's not that way. Says Gemara, Hakidita, Vehakidita. Says Gemara, that's not approved because although this Beraita is lumping several cases, 
and several circumstances of those cases, the actions and cases, zar, tum'ah, mechusab begadim, and so forth, each one of them stand as whatever they are. So when I'm talking about bitum'ah, I can make the claim, it's either mitabideh shamayim, excuse me, it's either azhara, meaning a mitzvah lo ta'aseh, or no mitzvah lo ta'aseh. When I'm talking about zar, I'm talking about mitabi deshamayim or not mitabi deshamayim. Each one of them will align accordingly. But when I, the question you asked me, says Rav Sheshat, says the Gemara for Rav Sheshat, was about zar, shish, uh, excuse me, kwen shishimesh betumah. What's the halacha in such a circumstance? I'm still standing strong. There's no mitabi deshamayim. You can't prove from this beraita otherwise. Miklal diyotzek ubolel lav namelo. In that long beraita, and the long beraita gave us many different cases. The first of those two were Yosek and Bolel. Yosek, if you recall, was a case where the oil is uh, put in, you immerse the uh, flour with the oil in the Korban Mincha. Bolel is when you mixed it. According to what you're telling me, it goes like this. If it's done bitum'ah, in those cases, there's not even a mitzvah lota'aseh. If it's the last of the cases, what we call the haktara, the burning, then there is a mitzvah lotase. We never talked about mitzvah b'deshamayim. That was your claim. So again, yosek and bolil, you're telling me when the beraita says the word patur, it means patur even from azarat, not even a mitzvah lotase. Really, is that the case? V'hatanya, don't we have an account of beraita which says azarat? Liyosek ubolil minayim. Tamud Lomar, Kedoshim Yehiyu, Velo Yehalelu. Pasuk says, and ostensibly we're being Doresh this Pasuk, to tell us that Yosek and Bolel have a mitzvah lo ta'aseh. They might not have mitzvah lo ta'aseh, but they have a mitzvah lo ta'aseh, which means to say back in the Beraitah, if I'm putting it all together, when the Beraitah says Yosek and Bolel, if they were done betumah patur, it doesn't mean from Azhara. There is Azhara, there is Asur. There is a mitzvah lo ta'aseh. So what does it mean when it says patur? It means patur from mitzvah bide shamayim in Yosek and Bolel. If that's the case, then what about the cases where you're hayav, like haktara? means there is mitabi deshamayim. You see, Rav Sheshat, we disproved you again. We're proving again that there is mitabi deshamayim in the other cases, but at the very least, shimesh betumah, for Kohen did the service, parts of the service, and Mishnah is talking about all parts of the worship, uh, there would be a mitabi deshamayim. Answers the Gemara, even that, that beraita doesn't mean it on the level of the Torah. That beraita doesn't mean you actually get lashes for it. Midrabanan ukra asmachta be'alma. Answers the Gemara, that derasha is really only a rabbinic enactment. It's only from the rabbis that Yotzek and Bolel have an isur to that extent. And nobody wants you doing it per se, but the isur is only midrabanan when we say ukra, the pasuk asmachta be'alna, asmachta is milashon lismoch, means you're leaning on it, means the rabbis wanted a way for us to remember it. How are we going to remember it best? Of course, tell you a pasuk. It's their enactment that they're going to tell you a pasuk. According to Harambam, it means it's rabbinic through and through. Anytime you have midrabanan, ukra, asmachta be'alna, it's rabbinic through and through. The rabbis just wanted a way for you to remember it, so they gave you a way to remember it through a pasuk in the Torah. Ritva in Masechet Roshanan, Daftetzayin disagrees. He says when you have a pasuk that the rabbis are leaning on, it already elevates the stature. In the eyes of Ritva, he writes that this was Rason HaTorah, Kadosh Baruch who left this pasuk there purposefully for the rabbis to interpret it, it has a higher level status than just rabbinic in nature. Yes, sir? If they did it, the first part, they Can you really go through the final stages knowing it? 
Um, it, it'll be it'll be dependent upon the first sugya and masechet temura, and I think we generally assume the answer is yes. Uh, in other words, even though you did it be'isur, it's not as if it wasn't done. The Gemara has a safek about that. I think the answer is yes. Uh, you know, I, I know the I know the person who brought it's not going to be very happy, but you know maybe we don't tell him about that part. But yeah, I, I think I think we follow through in these circumstances. Says the Gemara metive. What's that? Each act is done by a different. No. Generally speaking, no. So if the first one was done... It could have been. What? It could have been done separately. I could have done... Uh, if I was a Kohen, I could have done the first uh, five, and then I handed it off to another Kohen to do the Haktara. It could have been. So that's, that's if you're asking how that would be done. So it says the Gemara, final question, Metive. We're going to finally uh, have our last claim against Rav Sheshat. We have a Beraita, which explicitly says the following cases have what's called mitah bideshamayim. Of course, everyone's going to say, why wasn't this quoted earlier? Why did we go through all these acrobatics in order to... The answer is, it appears, the hachamim are trying to bring you into their midrash, and the midrash, they're debating, they're dealing. Finally, someone comes up with that, but I thought they didn't have it earlier. What do you mean they didn't know? It's Rosh Pig. You had different people, had different knowledge, different sources. One comes in with that source, but we recorded everything that led up to it. Anyway, here's the beraita, ve'eluhen shibamitah, Tameh sheshimesh, black on white. A tameh sheshimesh, if a kohen is impure and he does the avodah b'mitash, he gets mitah, mitah b'deshamayim. Well, I can't, no, no, we're not going to be any avodah. No, because we have explicit dirashot against those first avodot. Oh, the haktara, the final, the shechita, and all those sorts of things. But at the very least, there are parts of it. If he were to do so, betumah, he gets mitah, says the gemara, tiyuvta. Tiyuvta means it's a question, it's a question that stands, it's a strong question that stands on Rav Sheshat, the maskana then of the gemara, to the question that it began with for us. What was the question? The question was, if a kohen does a shimush betumah, we know what the pirhei do. What does, if, if the don't be potzeayat mocha, what does HaKadosh Baruch do? The answer is, mitah bideshamayim. What the Gemara does in the ensuing lines is, it goes back into that beraita that we just cited. We just mentioned the beraita. Ve'eluhen, here are the ones that get mitah bideshamayim. All we did was quote the first one. What did we quote? Tamesh shimesh. There's a whole long list of other ones, a lot of other cases where it's what we call mitabide shamayim. The rest of the perik now, not that much, about a, a daf and a half, deals with that beraita. So the beraita will now say, you know something, there's other cases where you get what's called mitabide shamayim, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and so forth. And then the Gemara, of course, as it's one to do, will say, okay, what's the source for this? And what's the details on that? That's what we have ahead of us until the end of this perik. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.